Welcome to the Equip Podcast. Here you'll find conversations from people of all different walks of life, sharing their experiences, the things the Lord has taught them, and things to equip you. Equip is based on Ephesians 4, 11 through 13, that talks about equipping God's people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up. That is our goal here, to build you up and equip you through seasons of ups and downs in life. Welcome back to the Equip Podcast. I'm your host, Taylor Gibson, and today I'm joined by Katie Kinsey. We are currently in our Cultivate mini-series. Katie led the Cultivate Beauty Breakout session at Cultivate Women's Conference, where she shared her story of how the Lord has turned ashes into beauty. Welcome, Katie. Thank you. Well, let's dive right in. Katie, will you tell us a little bit about how you came to know the Lord? Yes, I would be happy to. Um, I was about 17 And I'd been going through a little bit of rebellion, teenage rebellion, uh, that the Lord really was working on my heart. My mother came into my room on a Sunday morning. We were getting ready for church. And she said, you know, Katie, you have never gotten baptized after you made a profession of faith when you were 12. And I was like, I know, Mom. And in the back of my head, I was thinking... I'm not going to do that right now. I mean, I'm (laughs) not living the way I should live. And all my friends are going to see me and they're going to think, what in the world is she doing? She's such a hypocrite, you know, those things Mm -hmm, that go through mm -hmm, your mind. mm -hmm. And uh, we went to church that Sunday with me thinking nothing's going to happen. But, you know, when a mother prays, God moves. Something happens. Especially when my mother prays. (laughs) But uh, we went to church and the young people had just gotten back from youth camp. Mm Mm-hmm. And they all got up to share their testimonies, and the Lord started working on my heart. And wow, it was just crazy. By the end of the message, the Holy Spirit had just broken me, and He gave the invitation, and I went forward and told Him that I needed to get right with the Lord, not knowing that really I probably needed to be saved. Mm -hmm. But uh, I got baptized that night, and when I got baptized, when I say that the Holy Spirit descended on me as a dove, He did. It was just the sweetest thing, and I never was the same again. So that's my salvation story. I love that. And then that launched you into ministry and singing and all the things, Well, no, not not necessarily. We started singing and traveling on the road as a family. My family did. Uh When I was seven. I was oh. actually seven when we went into evangelism. Oh, yeah. And uh, we traveled 40 weeks out of the year. Wow. And sang at nearly every Baptist church in the nation. Uh, every time we'd pull up to one, when my nephew was born, he would get up and we'd pull up to a church and he'd say, another Baptist church. <laughs> so cute. <laughs> no, it, it was very cute. But we did. We sang 40 weeks out of the year wow. uh, in evangelism. It was a wonderful way to grow up, but it was also very different. And there's a scripture that the Lord used during that time to teach you from Hosea. Is that right? Well, that the Lord will, I will sing as in the days of my youth. Mm-hmm. That came along a little bit later after my first husband passed away. Okay, we'll get to that then. Yeah. Um, so speaking of your first husband, yes. your ministry is kind of how y'all met, right? Right. Can you tell us about that? Right. Well, Lane um, was... Bigger than life. Amazing man. Um, We were on the road. We were singing in Baytown, Texas at Wooster Avenue Baptist Church. Wooster? Wooster. 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 You know, I know you can't understand what I'm saying because I'm so Southern, (laughs) uh, which is going to be hilarious. I hate to hear these things when I'm talking. But anyway, 
Uh, we were on the road. It was a rainy October night. I'll never forget it. I didn't care what I looked like. You know, I was in my 20s. Nobody mm-hmm. came to these revivals when we were in our 20s, okay? They were all at school and doing their thing. So I didn't really care what I looked like. I walked into the church. There were three guys there that night to meet me. Which is hilarious. You know, all these mothers wanted them to date me because uh-huh. I was this evangelist, you know. Yes, of course. So anyway, I walk in, and the first one I see is Lane. And he was in the foyer of the church uh-huh. in, in his sharp suit, you know. And he looked at me, and I it was over. I mean, I didn't care who else was there. I saw this I guy, that. and I thought, oh, my gosh, he is the most beautiful thing I've ever seen. I love him. I'm marrying him, okay? So he... Went to eat with us that night, and then that next weekend, I went with him to meet his parents. We were married in six months. Uh huh. I love that. <laughs> and it was just, oh, he was the love of my life, just wonderful. And y'all had four kids together. We had four children. Who are the most beautiful people probably we, on the planet. Oh, I think so. I think, I think they so. are. Yeah, they're wonderful. They are. Hannah, Haley, Jim Bob, and Ginny Beth. Can you get any more Southern than that? I love it. <laughs> so what happened after that? We were married. Uh, we got married in 1990. And in 2000, we had had all four of our children. We were in the ministry. In fact, I met your daddy uh, in the ministry because we served on staff with your parents, Walter and Shelley, and love Hickson that. and Margie. Oh, small uh, all world. At Met, the Met in Houston. Um but Lane was a youth pastor. He was a pastor. He was an evangelism minister. So we went from church to church. I, I like to think of him as being a Paul, that he didn't want to stay in one place. But uh, he lived his life very fast, mm-hmm. and I followed right along with him. But in the year of 2000, Lane had been really sick uh, a lot, um, stomach issues. Mm-hmm. And uh, he went to the emergency room one day, and uh, we found out he had colon cancer. And he died three years later. Mm. So it was a really hard time in our lives. Um, And that's kind of how my flower business started. Uh, I know you were probably going to ask that question. I'm skipping right Mm -hmm. to it. I'm sorry. Uh, Whenever he was sick, I would go out in my yard. It was my place just to to chill and just Mm -hmm. to kind of be with the Lord. Um, I had a real hard time praying during that time. I know a lot of women have come to me when they've gone through grief, um, and even a husband that's been ill, and they've had a hard time reading their Bible and praying uh, because your mind is so thick with everything else that it's hard to focus. Mm -hmm. Music was my ministry and also my flowers. So I would go out in my yard, and I would just work in my yard, uh, and I would harvest the things that I planted. And I'd bring them in and make flower arrangements. Um, and so it kind of started there, mm-hmm. um, but it got even bigger after he passed away. Um, he passed away in 2003, and the kids and I moved to Rusk to a small little greenhouse out beside Highway 84. That was my grandparents' home. Mm-hmm. Uh, they had just moved into a nursing home, and so the house was sitting there empty. And Mother said, why don't y'all come and live in Mamma and Papa's house? And so we did, and it was just a little house. How old were your kids at the time? Hannah was 11 when um, Lane died, and, you know, the other were stair steps down. Jeannie Beth was the youngest, and she was five. Okay. So they were all very young, and uh, we we didn't have anything, really. I never had worked. I had—all I've done is ministry all Mm -hmm. of my life at that point, Uh, and I knew how to sing, and that's it. 
So, you know, uh, Lane had started a secular business um, where he was a credit card processor. And so he, we got residual income, and that helped the kids and I until Jenny Beth turned 18. So wow. it actually took care of the kids almost through their whole growing up. You know, wasn't quite enough, but God provided everything else. Yes, he but does. yeah, every time. And so when we moved into Mamaw's house, my grandmother was also loved flowers and loved working in her yard. Both of my grandparents did, my grandmothers. And so when we got there, they had been sick for a while, so her yard had kind of gone to the wayside. And I had a sweet little lady in the church. Uh, Mary Green was her name. And she came and she kind of taught me about flowers and about what to plant where and when to plant it. And we planted all kinds of different flowers in the yard. And it was beautiful. I still have, I found a picture of it the other day and I I thought I've got to frame that because it's so pretty. But I would bring those flowers in and make flower arrangements. And pretty soon my little nieces started noticing and they were getting married and they wanted me to do their weddings. And so my flower business started with that and just started carrying us on through. So it really started as a way to process your grief. Yes. And it's turned into this thriving business. I mean, you did flowers for my wedding. Right. Yeah. Right. I did. Um, it started, I, I opened my actual shop in 2015. Okay. So not too terribly long ago. It seems yeah. like it was years ago but, oh, or ancient times ago. But um, yeah, it, it started in the year of 2015 in a really hard year. So... I want to get to that, but okay. first, did you remarry after Lane? I did. Okay. I did. Two years after Lane died, um, I met a, a man and I married him very swiftly. Uh, and it was a whirlwind romance, I guess you would say. Uh, he was a pastor and a coach. So I thought, this is the answer to my prayers. Mm-hmm. I mean, he can be a, a coach to my kids and we can serve together in ministry. So, how did that end up? Well, it was, when I say he had baggage, I don't mean Samsonite. <laughs> it was very hard. Mm. Um, blended families are hard anyway. They're, they're a very tough thing to do, but they work mm-hmm. a lot of times. And I really believed that the Lord would do a work and that we would have one of those marriages that we could go and share with people what God had done and help other blended families. But it will it really didn't wind up like that. Um, when we first got married, the the week of our honeymoon was when abuse started happening. Mm-hmm. Um, most of it was just verbal. Mm-hmm. Um, there was really not much physical to it. There was a few instances, uh, but he just was very angry, had a lot of anger, uh, had a bad uh, p- relationship with his mom, uh, and that kind of bled over into our, our marriage. Um, he was very um, manipulative mm-hmm. um, at times, but he was also a great guy. You know, I mean, we taught Sunday school together. Uh, we went to church together. We taught our children about things of the Lord. Uh, now, y'all had another son together, right? Yes, we okay. did. We did. And he is with me now. He's going to be 15 in a couple of months. And uh, it's just the love of my life. Jace is just wonderful. Wow. What a great guy. But... uh those those were some very tumultuous years. Now it it webbed off. It kind of eased off. Is a better way, way of saying it. It eased off um, years later when I got breast cancer. Mm. Um, he kind of started 
getting better with his anger. He had dealt with some things. We thought things were really well. Uh, the the abuse and the emotional stuff kind of stopped two or three years into our marriage. Uh, so I thought everything was good. Mm-hmm. Um, I did notice that there was some pornography issues, uh, little to my knowledge, I didn't know anything about that. You know, that's not something they come out and share with you. Most men that have, or even women, it's a it's an issue now with women. Most of these people that have this addiction, it's a very secretive thing. Yeah. So it's not something that they share. Um, so I would find it, and mm-hmm. it would just devastate me because I was thinking, you know, here we are in ministry and, and helping these young people, and he's dealing with this pornography stuff and he would come to me and say, you know, this is this is something that a lot of men deal with and I I'm doing I'm fine. It's not all the time. It's just every once in a while. Well, little did I know that was not true. Mm. And uh it it he said it got better, you know, that it would come and go and after my cancer, uh it really it sped up quick for him and he really was more into it than he was before which led to um, him abusing one of my children. Mm. Uh, I was out of town with one of my daughters uh, while she was having a baby, and I get a phone call from one of my children, and I was just devastated and shocked and disbelief, all those things rolled up into one uh, when she told me what had happened. Um, And I... Did not believe her. I believed my husband. And I stayed with my husband for five or six years after that. Mm. Um, after they did a DNA sample, they it came back, but it was three years later. So we didn't know for sure. So yeah. We didn't know for sure that it had even happened. We all kind of believed him over her, which was very devastating for her. Um a lot of mistakes were made through this time. Crooked things, mm-hmm. I like to say. Um, things that you never think you'll do. You know, I'll never forget uh, feeling a way towards women who stayed with abusive men. Women who stayed with men that had had an affair. Um, or women that stayed with men that had pornography issues. I thought they were crazy. Mm-hmm. I thought, what in the world? I would never do that. Well, I did. I did, but there's grace in that, mm-hmm. and God is good despite my bad. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm finding and seeing restoration in so many things. Um, after the DNA came back and we knew that this had happened, um, the story was that there was Ambien involved and that he didn't remember or didn't even know what had happened. Um, and I struggled with that. I really did. I I didn't know what to believe. Several, two or three years later, he came to me and told me some things that made me know that he did know what had happened that night. Mm. Um, So a lot of brokenness was there on his end, too. He was very broken. He was very sorrowful, Um, knew that I was going to leave. He knew that I couldn't stay. Um, You know, I say these things. About him, at the same time, he was a good man. There were things about him that were good. Mm-hmm. He helped me raise my children. 
He was a good provider, and he was very kind. A lot of people loved him. It's like what Paul talks about in the New Testament of the battle of the flesh and the Holy Spirit. And when we give in to the flesh, it's never good. No, it's not. So what happened with your relationship with him and also with your relationship with your daughter? Well, I I soon left Mm -hmm. after um, I found out, after he kind of revealed truth to me. I I found a little house in White House, and uh, I moved in, not knowing how I was going to make it, not knowing... You know, at the time he was he was still in his house and was still had a job and was going to help with financial things. Um, but very soon after that, he went to trial and was um, incarcerated and is still incarcerated. And they gave him twelve years. Mm-hmm. So there went that. You know, there was no financial help there. Um, so my daughter um, came and lived with me after that. She wow. came and stayed in my house with me. And we were able to bond and talk about things. I was able to apologize to her and tell her what a mistake I had made and how, how horrible the decision was that I had made and asked her forgiveness. Mm. Um, it is still a work in progress, my relationship with her, because she, there's a lot of broken things on her end and on my end. Uh, but we talk, and she, since then she's moved out and has a job and is doing very well. Um, but we still have things that we have to work on. That's not just something that just all of a sudden is okay. It's yeah. something that is is being restored. It's not completely restored, but it's being restored. And I'm believing that God is going to bring it to complete restoration. I love that. So what was going on with your flower shop while all of these struggles are happening at home? Did you maintain that? Was that still a way to process everything? I did. I, it, for some reason, I was able to keep going. There were I made a lot of big mistakes, <laughs> oh, but I was able to keep going. I, I worked the flower shop out of my house. Uh, for a couple of two or three years, um, and really was doing well. Mm-hmm. And it took care of us. I was, you know, I didn't have any idea. I really honestly thought there is no earthly way that this is going to work. I This, this business is not going to take care of me. But not only did it take care of me, I paid every bill mm-hmm. that I've had over the last two years. Uh, and now we've opened a new shop. Uh, and it's just doing great. We are just, my daughter Hannah works with me. I've got two other little employees that help us. Um, it, it's just the Lord. Mm-hmm. And it's not anything that I've done, but it's all Him. And I am just give Him all the glory for that. I'm, I'm amazed at what He's done through my business. It's just a, a miracle. Oh, it's so cool to look at things like that and be able to know that only the Lord could have done that. Right. Right. Oh, it is completely him. Um, you know, now I'm I'm telling you that, and at times I'm like scared to death still mm-hmm. at the, to oh, this yeah. day, even though he's carried me through each month. You know, I still, there'll be times and I'll think, I'm not going to make it this week. We're not going to be able to pay, make payroll. We're not going to be able to pay the bills. You know, all of those stupid things. And, and then God comes time. through and I laugh. Mm-hmm. I laugh. And I'm just like, look, you did it again. You've done it so many times, just like 
in Psalms when it talks about the Israelites, how they they would think, oh, we hate our manna. You know, we this is not enough. God's not going to provide. He's not here. Look at the devastation. We want to go back. Mm-hmm. All of those things that they did. But then when they'd start looking at what he had done and he'd provide again, they would be faithful again. I'm the same way. I do the same thing. Oh, don't we all? Yeah. yeah. I was going to ask what scripture has brought you comfort during this season. <clears throat> well, it's a scripture that I've carried through the years. Um, when Lane was sick, um, we had a pastor that was just a wonderful minister to me during the time he was sick. And he gave me this scripture in Ecclesiastes 7, 13 and 14, that says, Consider what God has done. Who can straighten what he has made crooked? When times are good, be happy. But when times are bad, consider this. God has made the one as well as the other. Mm. You know, a lot of times, Taylor, we look at the things that are crooked, and we think that's the enemy. The enemy did that. And yes, I'm sure he had a hand in a lot of it. When In our sin, mm-hmm. he does have a hand in that. But God also sees it. And he has made things crooked at times in our lives, so that we can see that He makes them straight. Mm. And I have been able to witness that, and it has been the sweetest thing to see how God makes these stories. He writes the story. I don't. Mm -hmm. Even in the bad things. There's a song that we used to sing um, growing up that says, In everything, give Him praise. Mm. Give Him praise. In everything, give Him praise, give Him praise. In the good times, praise His name. In the bad times, do the same. In everything, give the King of kings all the praise. We can praise Him Mm, all the time, even in the bad things. He's good. Mm. He carries us. Yes. And He loves us, even when we're not right. Man, that's good. Yeah. I hope that this has been such an encouragement to women, whether they have been dealing with something similar or something completely different, because it's true, and your story is such a testament of God turning something really painful into something good. Yes, I pray so. There are two questions that we ask all of our guests before they leave. Yes. And that is, what is something you're learning and what is something you're loving? Well, I think I'm loving this time right now. I'm doing it backwards, but I think I'm loving this time in my life right now. I'm learning to love my family Mm. in a way that I've never loved them before. Um. Just being with them, spending time with them. We had lost so much time because of this stuff mm-hmm. that we'd gone through. Um, <clears throat> and it was so painful for all of us that we're kind of learning to live again, mm, you know, a normal way of living. Yeah. Uh, I'm loving the freedom that I have to just do what I need to do to be happy mm-hmm. um, and to provide for my family. Uh, now, what I'm learning is how to balance all of that. <laughs> oh, I don't. When I Balancing say, act. you know, we had three weddings this last weekend, mm-hmm. and I also teach eighth grade Sunday school or connect group. I know I'm supposed to say that. I, <laughs> I still call it Sunday school. But, um, you know, I 
there's been a lot of times when I've not been able to go and teach the girls. But of course, I have this wonderful co-teacher. I love her. She's there for me every time uh, that helps me with that. But the busyness of this life, I'm having to learn how to say, okay, I've got to sit down. I've got to rest. Mm -hmm. I've got to just chill for a little bit. Uh, I think that's the most important thing I'm learning right now. Yeah. Man, it's good. Well, Katie, thank you for being here and being vulnerable and sharing your story. You're welcome. I'm glad to be here. Thanks for listening to the Equip Podcast. Be sure to subscribe to be the first to know when a new episode drops. And follow us on social media to stay connected. We're at GABC underscore women. See you next time.